Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Emma Vias about aligning heart, mind, and body intelligence in our leadership approach. Emma Vias, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you for having me. Welcome. It's so lovely to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited for our conversation today. And uh, you're joining us from across the pond in London. Uh, it's exciting to be with you. I'm here in Utah, so a little bit of a time difference. Um, but I, I look forward to your perspective as we explore something certainly related to what we often talk about on this podcast, but a little bit unique. We're going to be exploring how we go about aligning our heart, our mind, and body intelligence uh, holistically in our leadership approach uh, and how we go, you know, in our personal uh, individual leadership, as well as teams, organizations, and trying to influence those around us. So I'm super excited for this conversation. As we get started, I wanted to share Hema's bio with everybody. Hema Vias guides the path to commercial success, evolutionary, and exclusive leadership, well-being, and positive impact for independent startups, corporates, and diverse global audiences. The quantum intelligence of the heart and how that relates to uh, evolving the human capital, the power of mentoring, and the whole picture of well-being uh, are some of the types of things she explores. Purpose, relationships, learning for work and pleasure, contribution, meaning, all of this leads to the future of human capital strategies. Uh, That is about personal and not just leadership development. So uh, a wonderful background. I really appreciate the work that you do. Uh, Before we launch on that, anything else specifically you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context? Yeah, so I would just like to say that, you know, I sort of have a synergy of East and West. So there's the academic background, but also um, I come from a background of Ayurveda, which is the Indian kind of science of life, if you like. And so a lot of my approach is based on Ayurveda and my upbringing, which is, you know, Indian. Yeah, and maybe just for the listeners, uh, provide a little bit more context in terms of your upbringing um, and your your academic and practitioner kind of preparation for the career that you now have before you? Uh, Yes. So I was born um, into an Indian family. So my mom and all of her side of the family, she's got a big family, nine brothers and sisters all together and all doctors. And her dad was a doctor and his dad, and you know, so on and so forth. And she was one of the first uh, women to qualify from an Ayurvedic school for girls so that was quite uh, wonderful you know for me to follow in her footsteps to be quite a sort of pioneer I grew up in England although I was born in Africa 
from an Indian background. And I grew up with Ayurveda as part of my natural way of being. But of course, as I grew up and I studied psychology and then realized it wasn't quite enough for me, I started delving into more spiritual kind of practices and that took me right back home to Ayurveda and now that has a huge influence because really Ayurveda kind of is a very holistic approach to all aspects of life and so to be able to incorporate that my psychology background and my academic background working in the western world with my sort of spiritual background that is eastern it's just wonderful to bring it, especially in into the space of leadership and how we lead from that place of being holistic and, you know, not something that's woo, but really scientifically based in terms of tangible results. Well, I love that. And I love, I love the overall holistic approach to it because I think far too often uh, we, we tend to focus on kind of the Western notions of of rigor and research, which is important. Uh, I, I'm, I'm an academic. I do research. I, you know, I think that's hugely important, but sometimes we, we don't give proper attention to uh, the other components, the other aspects, the spiritual components, the community um, components. And, and the reality is, however, we want to frame it, whether someone's spiritual or religious or not, we are social animals that rely on uh, human connection. Right. And and so a big part of leadership is how to tap into that. And it's important to understand the research behind that. But so much of it really just comes back to our ability to foster those connections, meaningful, authentic, true connections with with people around us. And that will help us to drive success. So so those are the types of things I think we'll be able to explore. And really, that leads me into the first question is, you know, you you talk a lot about the heart. Um, What? does the heart have to do with leadership and how we approach our people? So I would say that, you know, for a long time, the heart's been left out of it. And that's not to say that people haven't organically, instinctively utilised the heart's intelligence, which I'm sure in order to be a great leader, you really have to. But it's not something that's known. So people who are stepping into leadership for the first time or quite new to it or, you know, don't quite have that perspective, I think it's really important um, to say that, you know, heart is something that we can learn. We can learn to be more in our hearts. We can learn these are skills, these are tools that we can employ in order to be able to step into the heart. Because when we're in our heart space, I think we are able to make much, much better decisions that drive all aspects of our life, especially when we are looking at business decisions, when we're looking at how we interact. I loved what you said, you know, that we are, you know, social animals. We are, we need connection. The truth is we are always all connected on a heart level. But if we're not, if we don't know how to, we're not really stepping into the heart space and we're trying to be too cerebral, we lose that connection and therefore we are not going to be as effective in whatever it is that we do. One of the same things that I've seen over the 30 years that I've been working is that the more connected people are to their hearts, the better they are at whatever it is that they do. They're better at relationships, they're better in their social interactions, but they're also definitely better at their business interactions and you know business outcomes and success. 
and really finding that balance because I think life is about really finding that balance of being successful but also having a life and not doing one thing to the exclusion of another and that's where heart mind body alignment really comes into play and so heart has everything to do with it because when we come from the heart we are more effectively able to align with the mind and we are also able to align with the gut and the body intelligence because there's a knowingness that comes from our body as well as the mind as well as the heart and when we bring heart into the space i think that we we will be able to see real tangible benefits yeah yeah i really like that and and for my uh religious tradition my um my spiritual upbringing uh this notion of god inspiring us in our heart and our mind uh is a really important notion and, and both they go hand in hand, they're connected. And I think a lot of times we think about the science is the mind, uh, spirituality, religion is the heart, but the truth is we need to combine those. And then, you know, you talk about, uh, also connecting to the body and body intelligence. What do you mean by that? And how does that fit into the heart and mind duality and, you know, bring, pulling those together? So, you know, we're now sort of aware of science, and I, I agree with you that I think we do need science and we need research, but my feeling is very much that science and research is catching up with ancient wisdom, what we already know, what we've already always known, but we've disconnected from. And so now science is really giving us sort of the framework to sort of go and look at those things and to, you know, give some sort of empirical evidence for them. Uh, we now know that there are three brains. We know there is a gut brain. We know there is a heart brain. And there is a mind brain, the cerebral brain. And so what we consider the mind, we've always thought of it as being the cerebral, you know, the brain and the mind and that. But actually the heart, the, the body also has this brain. And that's where a lot of our emotions are. And so when we're able to align our emotions with the logic with these sort of, you know, uh, physical things that we can look at and, and, and study, as well as the sort of intangible spiritual, the subtle things, when we bring the three together, the body is able to also guide us towards, you know, letting go of things that don't serve us. The emotional aspect of who we are also plays a key role in driving us forward. And so I do think that, you know, from what you said about God, I think God inspires all brains, including the body. So the body, you know, if you look at sometimes, if you look at somebody going in a particular direction, how why are they going in that direction if they don't know where they're going? There's a knowingness where we can just follow that part of us. And that's what I mean about the body intelligence, that emotional intelligence, which when in balance and also connected with the brain and the heart, it's the right kind of intelligence as opposed to being overly emotional. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. And, and so I think ultimately, you know, as leaders, uh, we're fallible humans, we're, you know, I, I, I'm a believer that most people, the vast majority of people are truly well-intentioned. They want to do a good job. They want to do well by others. Uh, I don't think most people wake up in the morning ever thinking, about how they're going to manipulate or exploit people. Um, but we, you know, we find ourselves in negative patterns where we 
do those things where we haven't, we, we do things, we say things that negatively impact those around us. And so all of this heart, mind, body intelligence uh, can help us with that, right? It can help us be more attuned to the needs of the people around us. So even when there's subtle issues that maybe we can't see with our eyes, we can, we can still detect. And so I think that comes back to what you were just saying about the role of emotion, intuition, uh, emotional intelligence. Um, let's speak to that for a minute. How, how do you better build that, you know, emotion, emotional intelligence, intuition um, into our leadership approach? I think it's a lot to do with really educating businesses or all manner of businesses about the importance of emotional intelligence. Like I say, the heart was very relegated, as was emotions. It wasn't about the emotions. It was about keeping emotion and heart out of the space. And I think when people begin to recognize, you know, how emotional intelligence helps um, when they recognize that it, create, it is the very thing that creates balance. It is the very thing that creates harmony. It is the very thing. When you have a harmonious team, when you have people communicating from a space, a place of trust and genuine authenticity and transparency, it creates a better space. And that better space becomes a more creative space. Um, it also becomes a space where people are able to be productive in the sense that they're no longer worrying about politics because you know that negativity that you talked about you know the, the some some need in some people to sort of manipulate or you know somehow be deceptive or you know it's all part of our human nature and from my perspective what I've seen you know for years is that that comes from a contraction when there's a contraction in the heart when there's fear often people do it not because they're not good people but they're afraid and because they're not aware of that and so for me it's really about helping leaders you know those who are going to lead future leaders and those who are leading already and want to learn and grow themselves the importance of growing and developing their own self in order to be better leaders in order to be better example to others and if you are leading from that place of you know example and showing these qualities or like the qualities of the heart then you're going to see how they respond to it and there's a lot of research now that's saying you know people respond to things like being respected being asked their opinion being you know asked what they think about certain things being included in the project the overall project the bigger an organization grows for example you know the more people get disconnected from the whole the real vision they just get caught up in their own little part of it and a good leader is going to be able to bring in this level of awareness and recognize when somebody is feeling that disconnect and bring them back into the fold and they are going to be that much more effective in whatever it is they're doing because again we look for meaning in our lives and that gives them meaning if they can see the bigger picture if they can see what's what any product is and what they contributed and that is all part of the intelligence i'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from hci press bluer than indigo leadership the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader 
Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, yeah. And and really, you, you just started speaking to, you know, the significance of passion and purpose, meaning, fulfillment, right? All, again, we are, we are social animals. We are, um, we are creatures that need and long for connection, meaning purpose, fulfillment. Um, and we live in a world that despite all the social media, despite all the ways that we can connect and all the technologies that help us to connect, that people are feeling more and more isolated than ever. Uh, and so I think as a leader, as, as we're thinking about this heart mind body uh, alignment and we're thinking about how that might apply to our leadership approach we consider emotional intelligence the role of intuition and cognition in our leadership approach it then can help us better understand you know what are the needs of our people and how do we connect them to their per, you know their personal meaning purpose fulfillment and how it connects to the organization's values and the organization's purpose and what it's trying to accomplish um, so what would be your suggestion to anyone listening today on how they can better, uh, you know, leverage, build off of this heart, mind, body alignment to find, help, help their people find more meaning, purpose, fulfillment in their work? Um, so I would say the number one thing that leaders need to recognize is the importance of their own self-development to grow their own self-awareness, to become better communicators, to become more authentic, to really clear out the debris, the clutter of all the conditions. We all have it. As human beings, we are bombarded from the moment we are born with, with lots of thoughts, feelings, beliefs that don't belong to us. And I think, as you know, and while you might think, well, that doesn't belong in business, I would say, when a leader is effectively clearing out their own home, their own space, their own inner space, and able to really reflect on what it means to be a better person in the world, you organically become a better leader. You also then give you know, permission to others to do the same thing. And part of what stops people from being good leaders, I would say, is a lack of balance, when they're not balanced, when they you know, not really giving time or attention to other things that equally matter. They might be passionate about a project, for example. The person who is working alongside or with them or below them, they may be passionate about something else, but not necessarily that 
project. And so when a leader is really, really in tune with themselves, they are going to be more in tune with other people. They're going to recognize that everyone is individual and unique. And they're going to be able to support their uniqueness to shine so that they find their purpose within an organization or within a space where there is a shared goal, a shared vision, and yet still respecting that uniqueness. And so I think in order to better yourself, it's about taking real time to reflect and real time to really learn, grow. We don't stop growing. You know, we're always evolving. It's a nature of human beings and we can continue to evolve. And it doesn't matter what age you are, it doesn't matter what level of success you've reached. There's always something more to learn. There's always ways of growing. Because I think growing growth is infinite. I think creativity expands as we expand our consciousness. Yeah, yeah, I really love that. Um, So let's pivot now and talk a little bit more how all of this uh, translates into our ability to develop uh, meaningful relationships of mutual accountability and trust, transparency, uh, and ultimately how all of this, everything we're talking about, I mean, it's, it's, it's important on a human level. It's important for me as an individual uh, to be able to find that kind of an alignment and take a, a holistic approach to my leadership approach. It's, it's important for my team. It's important for my organization, um, you know, on a human level. But from a business case perspective, as we're just trying to understand, like, how do we help the organization be successful? How does all of this then translate over into, you know, creativity, creative, creative thinking, innovation? Um, so when we as leaders become much more attuned with who we really are, we've got very little to hide. And that's what creates transparency. You know, it's not about ticking something to say, if you ask somebody, do you lie? They're going to say no. But actually the truth is that we know that human beings lie. It might be a little white lie just because you want to save somebody's feelings or whatever it might be. So it's not about ticking boxes. It's about genuinely growing when you've got nothing to hide, there's transparency. That's what, um, you know, allows trust to develop because people don't trust what you say. They trust what you do and they trust what they see and what they experience. But most importantly, I would say, when you really understand the hard energy, what they really ultimately trust is when when there's a heart communication that is outside of words and that is outside of physical doing. When there is a genuine alignment with the truth of who you are and who you say you are and how you show up in the world, then your team and people around you, and that includes your bosses and the, you know everybody else around you, they all can tune into that and they can feel that. When there is that sense of harmony, when there is, you know, that in fosters, like this real sense of everybody coming from that same space and place. And when they are able to be open and honest and transparent and trustworthy and trusting, then, in, you know, you're getting on with the work. You're able to actually get on with the work you're there to do. You're not worried about the politics. You're not worried, is that person going to go and stab me in the back? Is this going on behind my back? Are they talking about me? That sense of, you know, that culture of trust and transparency, which is really top down when the leaders are able to be that and encourage people to be that, then you can imagine that that really what happens in the workplace is that they begin to thrive because all they're doing is creating space to do the work they're there to do. 
all they're doing is really creating space to be more creative. Creativity comes out of a space where there's space. You know, you cannot be creative when you're too busy thinking about things that take up your time and energy that you have no control over. So the less things that you have no control over, the better it is, the more creative you're going to be. And when you're creative, it's, it's like a spiraling up. You know, when you find that you've got that space and you're creative, you're so happy that creates a wonderful feeling of trust again within, you know, your team and the people you're working with, which then also allows you to be even more creative, which allows innovation. Because innovation can only happen when there's real safety and security in who you are and who you're with and the fact that it is safe to be you you know, you can't come up with something that's never been done before, never been said before, never been experienced. You can't come up with a new product unless you feel really safe in who you are and able to put it out to the world. And at the beginning, we know a lot of things, you know, people reject. They, they go, oh, that'll never work. The internet, that'll never work, you know. Um, but, but it takes time for new innovation to grow. And I, I think that, you know, heart leadership is definitely a way of really encouraging and cultivating that level of creativity in business, productivity in business, as well as innovation in business. Yeah. So the bottom line is it it is is it's a the right thing to do in terms of the human perspective, the just recognizing yourself and the people around you as uh, innate human beings that have innate value uh, that that we need to. Um, honor that we need to respect uh, and and from a, a organizational perspective from a strictly business perspective and economic perspective we can see when we take this kind of an approach it allows us to better connect our people to their meaning and purpose it creates and engenders and fosters this environment a psychologically safe environment of trust and mutual accountability uh, which then leads to it creates like you said it creates that space for people to be creative and to innovate and for more collaboration to occur. And all of that, of course, then drives uh, better organizational outcomes. It, it drives uh, new efficiencies. It drives new product or service offerings of the organization. It also helps to enhance and to increase the experience of workers in the workplace. So they're more likely to stick around uh, and not to not leave the organization. So, you know, when you think up from it, you think about it from a people management perspective and, and turnover costs and those sorts of things. I mean, there's just so many bottom line benefits to organizations who, and leaders who take this kind of an approach. And it's, it's not rocket science. It just takes, like you said, it takes some introspection. It takes some, some continual self-reflection to better understand how we can align ourselves, our body, heart, uh, mind in how we approach those around us. And when we do that, we model for them how to do it with their people and the ripple effects can be, can then be seen throughout the organization. So I think all of that is wonderful. Uh, we need to just start today. Like there's no, there's no recipe for this, um, but it just requires us to, to be deliberate, thoughtful, and to take the time to self-reflect and to consider how we can go about making these types, types of adjustments uh, within our teams. 
Well, it has just been a real pleasure talking with you today. I know at the time it's flown by. I want to be respectful of your time and let you get off to your busy evening, I'm sure, there in London. But before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Oh, wonderful. So final word, thank you so much for that summary. That's, that just sums it up so beautifully. And I think, you know, I love what you said. There are so many, you know, benefits to, to being like this. And so, so why not? It, and I do agree, we start today. It starts today because when we really make that choice to, to be that mindful, heartful, conscious leader, then I think that everything else falls into place in terms of how we go about doing it. Because, of course, there is a how, and that's the most important thing, that we can learn these skills. If we don't organically innately know it, we can learn them, we can develop them. This is part of our own evolution. And so that's so important. And thank you so much for your time. I really appreciated it. And if people want to get in touch with me I'd love it my website is hemavias.com I am on social media mainly LinkedIn that's my preferred platform so if they want to look me up it would be wonderful to connect wonderful thank you so much I encourage listeners to reach out to get connected find out more about what Hema can do for you how she can help you and your team and as always I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day and I hope you all have a great week alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out 
check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.